Hello and welcome to Talking Trade. I've had a few weeks off, sorry about that, but um, I've had some very good stand-in, so thank you very much to the guys that stood in for me. Um, today we're talking about mental health in construction, a uh, very serious subject we talk about, always in November, usually, well, all year, but November really is a, a special month that we sort of concentrate on men's health and mental health especially, um, because it is a big problem in, in construction, because we're blokes, aren't we, and we don't like talking about things. So today's show is going to be all about that, how to sort of spot the signs in yourself and how to spot signs in other people, the people you're working with, uh, and most importantly, what to do about it and what we can do. And we've got some fantastic guests. I've got um, Nigel in the studio with me, and I've got some, uh, some people uh, calling in that we're going to talk about all this stuff to help you out. But before we get into to that, have a look at this video that we made a couple of years ago that was really hard hitting and it really helped a lot of people. Yeah, it's good, mate. Impressed, man. I can't believe you cost us the game. Motivation, stop. Oh, if you can't get a screw into a wall, you have no chance. Get up too much last night? Um, nothing, mate. Back out there and do some work. You all right, mate? You okay? No, mate. I'm not okay, to be honest. What's what? Uh, so quite a hard-hitting video there. I don't know if you've seen that uh, film before, but had a lot of success with that. Um, and it's quite worrying, that, that stat in there about the sort of the biggest killer of people in the age of 45, men in particular, is suicide. And so today we're going to talk about how to spot signs of that and if you're feeling sort of low yourself and the things you can do. And, and most importantly, if you see other people as well sort of suffering, what we can do to help them. Because as blokes, we don't really talk a lot, Nigel, do we, when we're on, uh, on site? Uh, no, we don't, unfortunately, no. Thanks for coming in, mate. Where, where, whereabouts are you from? Andy, I'm from Western Supermare. Oh, fellow Somerset person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can talk to together in our own dialect. We can certainly, yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you do, Nigel? What's your profession? I'm a bricklayer by trade, okay. yeah. Busy, busy on that side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very busy, yeah. Yeah, can't and complain at the minute. Do you work with a lot of other chaps or do you work on your own all the time? I work, at the moment, I'm working for a, a builder, so I'm working with other, other trades as well at the same time, so I do work with people, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, have you spotted um, colleagues with sort of you think that might have sort of some mental health issues or um, anyone in the past? I, I have. Yeah, I have in the past. Yeah, I've worked with uh, many a people where you don't really realize at the time. Um, they just obviously stop turning up to work and stuff like that and not answering their phone. And, you know, and then you realize, you know, when, once they've eventually disappeared and they've lost their jobs, that they were going through a tough time. And, you know, some were even homeless and stuff like that. But you just you could work with them for months and they wouldn't tell you a thing. Okay, so, so you, you're working with people every day. They come in every morning, they're larking about, jovial. Yeah. And then you're saying something happened when you find out what was really happening in the background. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, no, yeah. Normally, when they you know disappear on you, and unfortunately, like say they have to, you have to replace them because you can't hold people's jobs forever. And uh, if they don't tell you what's going on, you can't then tell the site manager they're going for a tough time if they just disappeared for weeks. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, people could talk a lot more and then that would help everybody out. And uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, what about yourself? Can I ask if you've ever sort of suffered in the past yourself? 
Uh, yeah, I have, Andy. I went through a tough time. I went through, um, yeah, I went through a divorce. I was working for a builder as well. We went bankrupt. Uh, lost a bit of money at the time. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I went through a really tough time. And she, as you do, I, um, I had a fight to see my children, as you do with a messy divorce. Um, but yeah, I managed to get myself through it. And um, yeah, the dark day, I did have some dark days in uh, myself. Um, but I got uh, a good, my partner, my fiance, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I got through it, Andy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, brighter days ahead, hopefully. Yeah. So all those things happen at the same time. So you you go through a divorce, which is, was probably one of the most stressful things you can ever do in your life. Yeah, d- yeah. Divorce. Uh, yeah, bankruptcy, and then I also lost my mum as well during this period. And it just it was like a snowball effect. At the time, I, I was I was thinking I was all right. And then you, when, you, when you're really struggling financially and everything just gets on top of you and you get a few anniversaries come up and, you know, you, you can't get out of your pit like yourself, you can't get out of your bed. And then you do, you have to put your hands up and just say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling here. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what did you see in yourself that, that you thought you might be struggling a bit? Was there something that you, you felt you changed a little bit or did you, did you feel differently when you thought, I need to do something about this? What, what, how did you feel? What, what could you sense in yourself? I could just sense myself just just basically I, I said I lost my mojo. Do you know what I mean? I, I generally just just lost just just the will to just get up and go. And you know, I felt like the more I was doing, I wasn't I was I was losing losing the battle constantly. And uh yeah, and it, it took me a while to get my head up and refocus and you know, get myself back on top. But I mean I mean I know a lot of people have gone through a lot worse as well, do you know what I mean? But with mental health, it's hard to say, you know, how bad it really is for people because yeah. everybody's everybody's to, everybody's uh, different. So when when you were going through those hard times and you, you felt like you lost your mojo, I know exactly how that feels. I always, yeah. always think of that um, Austin Powers film when he's sort of frozen in the ice and took the Dr. Evil puts the injection, he sucks his mojo out of him and all of a sudden he just feels sort of yeah. down. I, I, know, I know exactly that feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, when, you, when you were working on site anywhere, did anyone come up to you and say, oh, you didn't... No, you don't see yourself, or, or did yeah, nobody say anything? Well, my friend at the time, he was a subcontractor I was working for, he, he could see the signs. I mean, I, I couldn't even get to site for like nine o'clock. Do you know what I mean? And it, it was like, uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's, luck, no, he's a good friend of mine, so he's obviously asking, you know, if you're all right and that. And at the time, you tell him you're all right, but you know what I mean? It, eventually, it comes out of you, and nine times out of ten, you're normally drunk and you do something stupid. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I luckily, I had a, a good friend, and he, he did spot it, but eventually, I did have to, I couldn't go to work, so I had to say to him, look, I'm going to have to, you know, let my job let my job go. You're going to have to find someone else. So, so, so it got to a point where you couldn't even go to work? I, yeah, I just it just got to a point where I just couldn't, just, just couldn't physically. I, I spent days in bed, do you know what I mean? Days in bed, and my partner was really worried. And obviously, I've got children. Your bills carry on, whether you stop or not. Your bills are going to carry on. And, you know, it's, it's, it is a struggle. And, um, yeah, and it's hard to put your hands up and say, do you know what, I need help. Yeah. So you, so, so you, had, you had children with your wife, the wife you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, um, yeah, I had, um, yeah, two two daughters and a stepson with her. Yeah. Okay. What's, the, then, what's your girls' names? Uh, Paris and Sienna. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, so, so you had that Paris and Sienna, and you had the divorce from your wife, Sienna, and and your mum passed away, and also this thing with the builder going under. Yeah, I, I, it's I had like a lot a of things happening. Of the nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I did. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, I was lucky that I was my fiance. I was with Louise. Like I'm still with her now, Louise, and she's lovely, and she she's just really strong. And you need strong people around you and friends, is what you know what I mean. Help you get through. Uh, and um, be honest with this: uh, uh, being a, in construction as a man, did you go to anybody and say, "Oh, I really need to talk to you," or did you? 
keep it to yourself? No, I, I kept it to myself very much. Uh, yeah, very good. I mean, I've done two bereavement counselings as well since right. my mum passed away because I just keep everything in and everything comes out wrong. And then, you know what I mean? So, yes, you, you do. I mean, I'm, I'm a strong believer you do need to talk to people. Yeah. And counselling is, is the best thing if, if you really need someone to talk to. Do you know what I mean? So, so you, thanks for telling us that story. So, so you, went, you went for all of that. You, you recognised that you needed some help so what, what were your next steps and what, what did you do to sort of battle this and get back get your mojo back uh, basically just just refocus and retrain your mind and just start thinking positive instead of being so negative and just one one day at a time and just just rebuild rebuild your life back and then for me well, I've been Britland so I was 16 uh, I, I just needed something else like a hobby or something so I've started doing a bit of like TV extra work okay. and just things like that and it just it breaks it up I'm not yeah. solely Britland every day now so um, yeah and I think that's what you've got to do with life I mean life is not a sprint it's a marathon and, yeah. and you you're the only one who can change your life unfortunately so did, did you have did you get, have to get any help from doctors or anything like that did you go and see I, anybody yeah I, I'm good friends with my, well I say I'm good friends with my doctor but I've known him for years he's gone through, he's gone through everything with me at like do you know what I mean so um yeah, he, he was he was more than there for me. I can't complain. My doctor was brilliant, really. Yeah, brilliant. And yeah, give me as much help as I needed, basically. So, so someone was watching this now, feeling the same. You've just sort of explained to us what what would your advice be to them to to do now to get themselves, you know, trying to get themselves a bit better. Positive thinking and and speak to people. Be open. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it's, it you know, it's, it is hard to say positive. I know that, that is the one of the ways, to, but it's hard, isn't it? If you're if you're that low to send something off, oh, yeah, oh positive. yeah, yeah. It's what, not. What, what, what's what, is there any steps that you took to do that positive thinking to make that change? And anything you did differently? Just just try to be a happier person. Just do you know what I mean? Look, get get a few more hobbies. I mean, I even started metal detecting. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Just, just another hobby, just to get you out in the fresh air. And just it's, something it's, different, a different just routine. Something, just a different hobby that doesn't involve sitting in the pub for God knows how many hours. Do you know what I mean? Just just do something with your life because unfortunately, alcohol can make depression worse. I, I know that yeah, for a fact. Course, yeah. Do you know what I mean? At the time, you're happy, but the next day, you're certainly not. Okay. <laughs> so. okay, All right. Thank you very much for that story. Um, please, please, if you if you've got a story yourself that's similar to Nigel anything that's sort of affected you with your mental health please just put in the comments in or if you've got a question about something if you want to know the answer where you need to go to get help or um if anybody's out there you want to know anything please put some comments in and we'll we'll answer because we've got someone at the end that can answer some questions for us so we've got three comments that we can go to now Uh, and our first one's from sean thanks thanks so much sean uh sean says he's struggling at the moment he's uh, had a lot of fake reviews posted on the facebook page and is not dealing very well i'm sorry to hear that mate that's um that's the horrible thing about social media and Google and stuff that when you're self-employed, you know, I always worry about it being in my van and someone clocking my name and then just going to put a fake review. Like, um, like Sean said there, I'm, not, I'm guessing you might've contacted Facebook because I know that unless they can, um, there is ways of getting around that. I'm sure, I'm sure you've done that, Sean, but that's a horrible thing isn't it, to feel that you feel helpless in that situation. Don't you? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot you can do. Do you, do, you use, do you use Facebook for your reviews or anything like that? Um, I don't personally, no. I don't use it for business. It's just, just literally for family stuff. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, for that, Sean, I mean, I, I know with Google, if you, if you get a bad review on Google and it's, and it's not 
it's not real, um, Google will go to the, the the effort of trying to contact the person, trying to find out whether it's a real job, and they, they find out it isn't real, they they will get rid of it. I'm sure that Facebook might have um, something like that, but I'm, I'm guessing it's a long-winded process because they have thousands of people uh, trying to contact them all the time. But do, do go to them and, and just, I guess, just try and flood it. Go back to all your old customers that you've done an amazing job for and just try and flood it with like five-star reviews so that those horrible negative reviews get pushed down that's the only um, advice i can give you on that technicality side of things i suppose but um to, to try and chat to someone who's involved in social media they definitely know the answer to that but don't worry mate get some get some good reviews and i'll make you i may feel a little bit better i promise um next is from kieran hey kieran hello guys um the long diagnosis of ptsd due to uh dv previous relationship with depression okay uh, anxiousness very snappy um, don't help. I have a colostomy bag, which has affected me since 2019. Oh, thanks for writing in, Kieran. Um, yeah, I can imagine. My, uh, funny enough, my mum's just been rushed in for surgery. She's had to have a, a stoma colostomy bag, and she's still in hospital at the moment. And talking to the um, the, the charities, because there's lots of charities. Anything that you've got a problem with, it, it, there's a charity involved there, and I'm, I'm sure you know this. Um, it's, I think it's called Colostomy UK, actually. Um, they give, they, they've given me loads of advice how to try and because there's obviously a lot of depression dealt with having to have a colostomy bag so um they, they've given me loads of advice on how to try and make things a bit better for my mum so I, I sort of know um what you're going through with that not with the um relationship thing so much but the first step is you've just you've just started talking about it and i'm guessing talking about it is one of the things that are nice to, to talk that's to right. people that's right yeah and, and i guess looking back that you might have felt you might wish you would have talked about it sooner to some of your mates oh, or yeah other people. definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So um, thank you for writing that in. And then we've got our, our third comment here is from Rob. Hello, Rob. We, know, we need to start being more proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, I love that. Uh, talking really does help. No shame in striking up that conversation. That's what it really is about that, Rob, isn't it? Thanks for that, mate. It's all about um, talking to each other and, um, you know, getting off. So I think once you talk to people, like if, I, if I'd have met you, whilst you were going through all that stuff and I'd have maybe shared a problem that I was having to go, you know, I'm, I'm feeling down at the moment because I've got this going on and this, this guy's not paying me. I wonder whether that might have made you open up to me a little bit more. Cause I think when you, when you, when you see people sort of in the same sort of position with you, you sort of share your problems with it. What do you think that that's yeah. what happens? Yeah, you do. You try and guess what's going on with them. So you, you know what I mean? You try and, Second yeah. guess them, sort of thing. People like, get to tell, like to help you by telling stories. So I think one major step is is to share your own stories with people, and then I think people, you know, will open up to you because they, they you feel like you've got something in common then, and you, you can you can um, share your problems. Now we've got to just watch this next video. This is a fantastic video. Um, the boxer you may know, Carl Froch, uh, and his brother. He, um, he sort of went around with him in his boxing days, and uh, his brother had some problems he had to face, and. He Sort of talks about how he got from. Have a little watch of this. Was I aware how bad it was? No, I wasn't. Um, when you're in a, when you when you've got an addiction, it's you hide it from everyone yourself. So I was just I loved to gamble. My brother was doing successful with his boxing. I was obviously it was an addiction for me. I've definitely got an addictive personality, and it, you, you, the lowest I felt was just not long after Christmas 2014. I was suicidal. I just thought I'd end it. Take an overdose, drink vodka. And you just, you, you just don't want to carry on. You just want to end it because you, you feel ashamed. You feel you've let your family down. I've got my wife, kids, I've got my brother, my mum. You're just letting everyone down. So that's when I needed to turn my life around. And I, that's when I came clean and admitted to the family that I had a, a serious problem. I think to recover from something like that, you need to do it yourself. I was there 
to, to have, offer him support and be there as, as, you know, a hand in help and advice. But I could give advice and help to, to many addicts and they, they wouldn't be cured if they didn't want to get cured themselves. And the thing that I'm really proud of Lee about is he, he's took the, the first step, which is admitting you've got a problem, and then um, dealing with it. You will have something in you that you love or and it's just switching them addictions to something else, something positive. Life's just a, a thousand times better being sober. So if I could say to anybody, sobriety to me is the key to happiness and sobriety is also the best gift I ever gave myself. So that was a good video there. Um, Carl Froch, the boxer with, with his brother Lee. And we were just talking in that night and something important that um, Carl actually said in that video was that the first step to, to, to getting through it was admitting to it. Now we were talking about, we, you think that we as men, especially especially in the construction, we see it as a sign of weakness. That's something we sort of agree with. Unfortunately, it's still seen as a sign of weakness. If you, if yeah, and, and it, sh it really shouldn't be, but it, it is unfortunately. Like, yeah, still. Why? Why? Why do you think that is? Why do we? I just like think that because uh, you work with on site with some obviously manly manly blokes, you don't really want to be that person crying on them in a, in a way do you know what i mean and then then for them and then you think oh god they're never going to think i'm manly enough to work again with them or something do you know what i mean so yeah. it's still a little uh, emotions it's yeah we we should still be able to tell each other our emotions and not worry about it too much yeah especially I, think right. I think i think we do worry that it's a could because especially in the household we're supposed to be the you know traditionally we're the man of the house aren't we and we go out and we you know hunter gatherer type person and we're worried about showing signs of weakness to our family but also as well to to the the, the guys that we work with as well um but really what's the worst that could happen if we could if we spoke to someone i bet the guys we're speaking to probably going through they might be going for something exactly exactly yeah yeah but i think people still think that so they don't initially talk yeah, such a shame, isn't it? Um, if you've got any advice for uh, anybody, if you've if you've been through something similar yourself, you know some of those comments that were just sent in by some of the guys. Then, if you've got advice for people, you've been through something yourself, and you've you've got through the other side, please put them in the comments as well, because um, any help is um, greatly received by them. But it is, I know we see it as a sign of um, as weakness, but it really isn't. Please, please do do share so we're, go we're going to our next guest now who is um bill was that right i don't know i'm just writing wrong things on the board there we're going to rosie hello rosie hi yeah how, how are you okay yeah i'm fine i'm just listening to everything and just sat here like hmm <laughs> feeling a bit oh, sorry <laughs> rosie, yeah. tell, tell us about yourself what, what, what do you do for a living um, I'm a painter and decorator. Um, I've trained to do tiling in wet rooms, but I've not actually been doing that at the minute. I'm just decorating at the minute, so I'm going to add that a bit later. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I do um, at the moment, paint and decorating. It's just super busy this time of year because everything has to be done before Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, I am busy. I've had to give away loads of jobs this year. Like, every tradesperson is just ridiculously busy and... We've just got stuff going at, um, at home, looking after my daughter who's got disabilities as well. So I've had to like reshape my life and uh, just try and do jobs that are going to fit in with my life. And yeah. Okay. So so you, you said you felt a bit sort of um, sort of upset watching the stuff back there. Is there something that you've been through in the past that you, you can share with us? Oh God, yeah. Um, where, where do I start? I'll just start from when I moved to Bristol because um, I came to 
uh, escape domestic abuse um, and so I had to leave uh, well it's a big long story so I'll just try and cut it a bit short so I came to Bristol started my own business uh, but as soon as I came to Bristol before I even started it I tried I, I noticed I was feeling depressed so I went to the doctors and then when I started my business I was crying and my partner had to come and see me at work and and I had PTSD which um it's second time I'd, I'd have it had I had it in my life so I recognized you know it weren't right but this were like really strong PTSD this was like something else uh so yeah depression and PTSD and so basically I've just been dealing with that and running my own business I'm bringing up my child who were traumatized all these years really since I've moved to Bristol so yeah it's been can you tell us what um how you knew that you were sort of feeling depressed what what were the signs and symptoms that you spotted in yourself where you felt that you something wasn't right all right well I've had depression since I was about 12 so I recognized symptoms I just felt really like in my own little world like um uh, and just really down and really sad, uh, heartbroken, not finding things difficult, little small things like just what the hell am I going to cook for tea and uh, just not looking after myself properly, brushing my teeth properly. But, but you're not you're that ill, you don't even realise that you're not looking after yourself properly. You're just in like a whole, I can't even, it's like another dimension, that's how I've, learn how to describe it it feels like you're in your own dimension but it's but sometimes when you're really ill you can't actually recognize that you are ill because you're so ill if that makes any sense so what, what, um, yeah. what about the the ptsd is, is that a similar symptom to that or is that is something different display with that that you you knew because you said you'd been through it before and you knew mm -hmm. it was coming the second time someone who's watching this might be suffering with that but they they don't know are they different symptoms to depression or are they slightly the same um they're probably different yeah you get a lot of different symptoms where um the first um, the first little ones I remember before is before just before I moved to Bristol is that I was getting up like six times a night to go to the toilet because I was alert and then but then when I moved to Bristol um, I noticed I was decorating at the first job I actually did actually when I started my business I um, decorated in Clifton and I heard somebody bang a door and it just made me jump and that was first reaction that I remember that I realised, right, this is not right. Um, but I'd not had that before because I had I had PTSD from another incident that wasn't domestic abuse related. So, you know, bangs and shouting weren't a trigger for me in my previous PTSD because that was something different. Uh, so it all depends on what your PTSD is, what it's from, whereas mine from domestic abuse, so it's like an ongoing, uh, you know, it's an everyday thing. Like, so if somebody's been violent and they're banging a door, that's a reminder. So it's going to trigger you and you're going to jump and you're going to feel like all your body feels funny and you just get lots of different symptoms. So I seem to have every single one. <laughs> so, Sorry. yeah. Um, Sorry 
with um, when when you were suffering with the depression and and the PTSD, did anybody? I'm guessing you might work on your own sometimes in places. I'm not, I'm not sure that you work on sites and things, but did anybody spot any signs in you? Did they ask you if you were okay? Did anyone help you at all, or did you have to do it all? Um, well, I was working on my own. Um, so mainly I've worked on, on my own really. Um, and so, and I've, I've always had to look after myself. So it's always the way I've been. I've not like thought, oh, yeah, I need somebody else to solve this because I've always had to do everything myself. So it's always a, been proactive myself. So the the person I would I would go to the I would go to doctors and I'd tell them because they're like the people that I trust and I know I can just go and tell them everything and they're used to it because they see loads of different people and it's just you know it doesn't matter you can tell them anything you don't have to feel bad or you know. So yeah, they're like my best friend. <laughs> I just go and tell them everything. But if not, I'll talk to them. When you when you um when you spot the signs coming back or you spot the PTSD, what do you have a what what do you do? And you mentioned so you go to the doctors. Is there anything else different you do to try and combat it at all? Um, just go back to basics. Keep life simple. Um, uh, just be grateful for what you've got. Um like you know your family and things like that um make make my life simple eat try and eat well just basic stuff try and sleep well try and be relaxed in the evening um like the other person said be positive so like if you recognize you're having a negative thought then like with cbt as a therapy you can you can have as well but just just doing it yourself like recognizing you're having a negative thought and then changing it into something that's more positive um than the same thought but a more positive version so just little things like that really that you learn as you go along because you you are if you're fighting to make yourself feel better you learn all these little things and also if you get help from doctors and they pass you on to different therapies then they teach you different ways that you can help yourself and and it just becomes something that you just do like you just recognize and you do and so when if you have a bad week you like you go back to basics and then so you start doing anything you can think of that's going to make you make you feel a bit better but there's always different things and and i and i usually just just talk to people and my partner gets most of it it's like oh i'm feeling like this today and I <laughs> <laughs> Rosie, how, how are you doing at the moment? Are you okay? Um, uh, yeah, I'm all right. No, I'm talking. I think it's because I listened to you earlier. But when I first came early, I was like hyped up because I get a bit, I get a bit hyperactive when I'm stressed, and it's it must be my PTSD. And and then I can't think properly, and my head's like, oh, oh my god, or, or I I can't explain what I want to explain or. It's just like you have your head gets all all foggy. So to be quite honest, no, I I am being all right this week. Um, to be really honest, and I'm not ashamed of that. It's just the way it is. Um, yeah. So honestly, I've I've really struggled this week actually. But um, one of the days it got to about two o'clock and I started to feel better. <laughs> that was like worst day, but but I always know that I'm gonna feel better. So I know. I'll do something about it. I'll phone somebody. Right, this is bugging me. This needs sorting out, or I'll, 
you know, I'll just get on with it knowing that I'm feeling rubbish at the minute, but I'm going to feel better later. And, you know, when I get home, I'm going to get a shower and make myself feel nice, put my soft cardigan on, you know, just little things that make yourself so you 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 sort of visualize yourself you know that you're going to feel a bit happier by the end of the day so that gets you through and you, you you've got like um Nigel saying like a you take a little bit of action by calling people and just changing the day a little bit but yeah. Rosie before we yeah. let you go thanks ever so much for telling us all that stuff That's what right. would you say to someone who um was feeling like that now who's, who's feeling a bit helpless and feel like their mojo has gone what what would your advice be, to be them if they were chatting to you sort of in a tea room or somewhere if there was in a tea room i'd probably like listen to him and i'd feel like sorry sorry for him and offer some advice by saying you know this sounds like you've got anxiety and i get this and um, go to see doctors and and I just tell them what I do and uh, yeah I just have a general chat to them like I do with some of my clients actually and you know it's just to me it's just normal like lots of people get get like it's just a human it's a you know it's a human thing and we we just have to like just listen to each other and and just try and help each other really and that's all you can do isn't it well listen thanks ever so much for telling your story um your client's very lucky to be able to talk to you because you're a lovely person to talk to so um thank you very much for joining us and uh, i hope you have a better rest of the week um fantastic wasn't that lovely someone you know just to be open women are so much better at this than men aren't they oh yeah they can definitely talk yeah, what's wrong with us? Where, I don't, where yeah. we? We're like cavemen. <laughs> we are, aren't we? Um, we just got a, a comment before we go to an, another video. Something that's come in uh, from uh, Dunstan. Hi, Dunstan. Thanks for calling in, mate. Um, never be afraid to ask. Be a man is a, is ball. Everything is human. Um, everyone, sorry, is human. Love to everyone who's affected. Yeah, that's right. That, that's what we were saying. That, that fear of weakness is a daft thing, isn't it? And that... Right that links thing of uh, being a man thanks, thanks for right now man um, yeah speak to people let's, uh, let's let's have a look at a video from Paddy this is a, a great video that um, really hard hit in this video so it's not very long uh, just watch how Paddy got through when he was feeling the same as well I couldn't really put a finger on it I didn't really know what anxiety was just felt worried and under, under so much stress and pressure and it was getting me down and I'd say I was, I was very now I know I was very anxious I'm the sole earner in my family so I had the pressure of earning the family's keep, if you like. So we work in gangs at work. Um, it's normally me and two other lads. And one day, there was another lad that came and worked with us. He was talking about his own issues and his problems with maybe anxiety and the way he was feeling. It sort of made me realise that, yeah, that's how I feel. So I spoke to him back, relayed my problems with him. It took a massive weight off my shoulders. Just that one conversation with someone who I wasn't that close to, gave me the confidence to talk to the, the people that I care about the most. When I see people that are maybe not being themselves, or if, I, if you know that there's something not quite right with them, ask them how they are. Um, and I'd never do that before. You, you look for little sort of triggers in someone and you want to ask them how they are, just in case you never know how they're feeling. So Paddy there saying um, we should chat. That's what we were talking about. Like, he he would share a story or someone would share a story with him and then they would 
saying, well, I, I feel the same thing. That's such a big thing, isn't it? Like, just to yeah. try and get people to talk. If you just say something that's happening in your own life, maybe, and maybe people open up a little bit more. It definitely, I think that's the way forward, isn't it? Yeah, just got to just got talk. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Just got to, got to chat. And we're going to our next guest um, who can answer all these questions for us. If you've got any questions, we're going to talk to Bill, Bill Hill. That's a great name, isn't it? From the, the Lighthouse uh, Charity. And, uh, it looks like you're in space there, Bill. Yeah, that's where I, uh, I operate. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, t- tell us about yourself what, what, and about the, the Lighthouse Charity. Fantastic. Well, we are totally dedicated to the construction industry and the workforce in the construction industry. That's all we do. We wake up every day and, and our mission is to make sure that no construction worker or their family is alone in a crisis. And, and what we try and do is put every single measure we possibly can in place to surround any in construction uh, with access to 24-7 helpline. We've got a cracking little app you can download and also we've got some well-being education and training programs that everybody can access and it's all free. Everybody, anybody in construction can access. It's all free. It's paid for by the industry itself. We do lots of stupid things to raise money in the industry and all that gets piled in to provide these services to the people that haven't got access to anything else. So listening to, to Nigel's story and and uh, and Rosie and Paddy uh, there at the end is, is there's places for people to go to get this holistic support of just about anything that uh, we can do. There's great things you can go to and get signed posted to. And, and basically, we, are, we just we just look after the industry, the construction industry and the workforce. Oh, fan, that, that sounds brilliant. I, I know we've done some stuff with you in the past. And I has. Tell us what, to, what, what if um, uh, construction workers w- watching this now and he thinks I'll, I'll contact you, the, the Lighthouse uh, Charity, what, what things do you offer? What can you offer someone that's sort of going through sort of a mental health crisis? Uh, basically a holistic support so i mean if somebody's got an emotional crisis then they can talk to us about it all of the the people that answer the phone are all mental health first aid trained so they've got all the capability of of getting the getting the person to talk appropriately find out uh, roughly what is going on in their lives and start analyzing it and we can help emotionally physically and uh, financially as well so we can, we can even help people if they're in a rent arrears or whatever and they're getting really uh, worried. And, and, and a lot of the people call us are coming because of oh, finance problems. Well, with every finance problem, there's stress and um, some sort of other anxiety attached to it. It doesn't come as a straightforward, uh, I need some money. Um, but we can help them out in that way too. And then what we can, our caseworkers are just absolutely brilliant at just looking at the individual from a holistic basis, all the way in full surround sound, saying what's happening here, what's happening there and get them to the right place. And our, our ideal is we can move somebody from the problem they're in at the moment into a more sustainable position where they've actually moved away from that problem and got themselves on, onto a path to a better place themselves. And that, that's our ideal. And uh, we're dealing with maybe about 300 cases every month now coming through, which is good because it used to be 300 cases a year. Um, and if says, oh, that's dreadful. And I say, oh, no, this is brilliant. People are talking to us because that's exactly what we need is the people to, to contact us and for us to help them because what we really want to do is reduce the suicides. You know, two construction workers every working day taking their own lives is just not a place that we want to be as an industry. Uh, it doesn't attract new people into the industry with that kind of statistic flying around. So we've got to get everybody working and taking responsibility to help um, rebalance and and turn these dials backwards we've got to do it so so that's a um hell of a scary statistic two construction workers a day commit suicide that's uh, really scary isn't it i I was a bit ignorant to that i didn't i didn't realize that was the number that's quite scary um 
Bill, if if you were working with someone on a site, uh, what 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 signs would they display to you where you you would ask them if everything's okay with it? Is, is, there, is there like a, a general set of signs that you might spot in someone that you, that might sort of sort of get you asking questions? Yeah, I mean, what what you're really looking for is is changing behaviour, and and that's quite difficult because there's so much transient labour in all of our our sites around the the UK and Ireland. You know, there's labour moving from one to the next. So you don't often get to to know your your work group very well. But when you're in a project with somebody for a period of time, you do get to know with them. So what you're looking for is is some sort of type change. That could be something as simple as you know, uh, John turns up to work always bang on time every day, and now he's always late what's happened. It could be he's moved house or the, something's happened under traffic, but you can ask the question, are you okay? Because you're normally in at work early and, and now you're, you're, you're late. Or somebody who is, is normally uh, good at volunteering to, to say, oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll, I'll get that sorted. No problem. If they start saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't take that on right now. And, you know, you're looking for things, just, just those changes to, to ask the question, are you all right? And, and it's so important that if you ask the question, are you all right? You don't ask it once you ask it twice because sometimes that second time round you get uh, a different answer. And and, and what, what I love about the theme of your your talk today is 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 it's, it is about talking and but there's something about listening as well. So if you've asked a question, it's about being able to to listen non-judgmentally because we've all got different pathways that have made us who we are and people have got some greater resilience to problems than others. So it's try not to judge that person with your capability. So it's listening to them non-judgmentally and trying not to say, oh, that's not a problem, but it is for them. It is for them. That's why they're talking about it. So it's not to just tell them it's not a problem. That's one of the worst things you can say because it is a real problem. But listen non-judgmentally. And, and the, the other thing I thought was brilliant is coming through the theme today is, is be kind. Um, you know, there's no reason why you should be unkind to another human being, um, especially on you know the high risk work sites. So it's about looking after your brother, get your brothers back, you know, ask them how they are, make sure they're safe. Keep asking that question and, and driving that cultural change through our industry uh, would be a really good thing. So, so that, that's a brilliant answer. Thank you very much. So, um, I guess you know, the things you're looking for is like changes in behaviour, like you said, people turning up at different times. You, you were saying, Nigel, you turned up a bit later sometimes, or sometimes you didn't yeah. couldn't turn at all. So, exactly, yeah. that would be strange for people to see as a change of behaviour. Um, I guess sort of feeling sort of snappy and losing tempers and things like that. Because because we're a terrible bill um, talking to each other about things like this, especially men. How, how would you, I know you just sort of covered this just then, but how would you go about approaching that chap? If you had to do a step-by-step, -step, how to approach that person to ask him if they're okay, how, how would you go, go around it? Right, Andy, do this to me. Ask me if I'm okay. Uh, Bill, you haven't seen yourself lately. How are you doing? You okay? There you go. That's, you've done it. That's all it takes, genuinely. That is really all it takes. It's as simple as that. Just ask, are you okay? And if I go, yeah, I'm fine, mate, don't take that as an answer because you 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 phrased that beautifully as well, saying, like, I've noticed you've you've normally come in to work on time. You now seem to come in running a bit late. Are you sure you're okay? It's just it's that second time around, you might just get that different answer. But you've got to make sure you've got the time to listen to the answer and not walk away from the answer as well, because then that person will feel even worse about even declaring that, you know, in a issue with you. You've got to be absolutely genuinely concerned. Um, it's not something you can just fake. Uh, you've got to be genuinely concerned.
Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there because as Nigel and I were talking about just now, we would just go, yeah, I'm fine. But I, I guess the key to it is, ask, is not being convinced by that and, and asking again and, and listening to them. And then when that conversation comes to an end and you find out there is a problem, what, what would you tell them what would you tell them to do, where to go, and you know, how often should we keep checking on them and things like that? Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a really good question as well, because the last thing you want is, as an, in fact, what scares most of us off about asking that question is we're going to walk away with that individual's burden. And, and I, I really don't want you, I've got, I'm got time to own this problem for them. You don't have to own the problem for them. All they're wanting is a sympathetic ear. And if you can give them some guidance as to where to go to get some other help, you know, like uh, Nigel got some counselling help by the doctor. Well, again, if you phone our helpline, um, then you, you will get those, that, that's a place to go. You, you're giving them a signposting to go to help. And, and again, the thing I would do is if everybody could just download the app. In the app, there's like 3,000 different places you can go to, and it's all done in the different sort of sectors. So just basically tell that person, look, here's a little app. I, there's lots of places you can go to here. If it's anxiety, if it's bullying at work, if it's not sleeping properly, you know, what is it that's actually making you feel the way you are? There's a lot of the answers inside the app. And, and also the app shows you pathways and signposts and coping strategies that you can do yourself or go to get some help. But if, if all that fails, just phone our helpline and, and we'll talk that person through where the help can be provided and in cases as well, people are going through that anxiety, depression cycle, we can get them to telephone counselling really quickly. We can give them six sessions of counselling over the phone free of charge uh, and get them into that counselling very quickly, maybe within 40 hours, whereas sometimes we go to a doctor it might take a little bit longer than that. In fact, it will take a bit longer than that, I know that for, for fact. So we can get people into counselling when they need it most as well. That's, that's brilliant. That sounds... I love the sound of this app. How, how, so we've got the phone number there, um, so we, I guess we can call that, Bill. How do we download this app? It sounds absolutely... Our marketing team have been absolutely amazing in coming up with the name of the app. It's called Construction Industry Helpline app. It's, say that again. Construction. <laughs> Construction industry helpline. That's it. If you go on to the Google, the Google <laughs> if you go onto the Google or um, the, the Android store on, or, or the Apple store, you can download it. It's it's there. Again, free of charge. Just everything we do is free. So we're trying to break down the barriers of people using the services as much as possible. It's all free. Absolutely. That's absolutely brilliant. So, um, guys, go to the go to the app store on your phone and search for Construction Industry Helpline app, and um, that's run by Lighthouse. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. We've got some comments, Bill. Maybe you might be able to help us with. Um, we've had some stuff come in. So, our first one is from Stefan. Hello, Stefan. Uh, talking from the point of someone working in retail, the big issue is if you discuss any mental issues, you you're worried is seen as less, and worry that you're seen as not being able to do your job. That's what we were, we were talking about, Nigel. Didn't you? It's a, we think as a sign of weakness that we what, what what would you say to that bill about this uh, sign of weakness thing that we're all us yeah well I, unfortunately that's the way we're wired from a, a very young age we're always uh, brought up with that um, these i call them male stoic beliefs that are really unhelpful um you know the things like grow up here get a backbone all this sort of type stuff where we're kind of brought into that uh, arena of always being the stronger person and, and at the end of the day, I mean, the analogy I use is, uh, you know, with an, an imaginary little elastic band. Imagine you were pulling an elastic band like this. You're adding pressure and stress to that elastic band. 
and and pressure and stress is actually a good thing because it makes you operate really well um but if you hold that elastic band out there and keep pressure and stress on it over a long and sustained period of time what happens it snaps because then that's basically what our brain does as well so we've all got that um, inside us and some people have got a strong elastic band and some people have got a weaker elastic band but we've all got that uh, sort of uh, breaking point as well and and that's important to just understand that is across the genders that is gender specific we've all got that capability the big difference i see is is when we talk about it they, they can actually talk about this subject matter in a far better way uh, but when you're in a male dominated environment where the, the industry is 87% dominated by men. We're always in that uh, environment where it seems seems to be a sign of weakness by showing that, but actually it is a sign of strength. It's actually showing the courage inside to be able to talk about this. You are a stronger person for it, not a weaker person for it, but we've got to get rid of that stigma. Very important. Thank you very much for that. Um, yeah, and if you talk about it a little bit, then that elastic band will uh, ease up a little bit, hopefully. Um, our next little comment here from Caroline. Hello, Caroline. It takes longer for that than the doctor's answer. So yeah, we do have a bit of trouble with that at the moment, don't we? Um, trying to get through the doctors. But we've got your helpline, Bill. What, what, what's, the, what's the phone number that we can phone if we're, if we're struggling? Can... Yeah, it's up there on the screen. Hopefully, it's the right way around. Sometimes when these things get wrong, it says 0345 1956. 1956 is the year our charity was conceived, so it's on the end of the phone line. I thought you were going to say it was your birthday then. <laughs> that was very kind of you to say I'm that old, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, call that number, I think that might be a bit, a bit, a bit quicker for you. And then our, our third comment is from uh, Rob. Hello Rob. Uh, being a Belgian construction work worker, it's not always that easy to talk about feelings. Not everybody accepts um replies in, in a good way i think that should change and become more normal to do so yeah and that's what we were we were talking about bill it's, it's, it's all about that that talking isn't it bill so so bill if someone's watching this now and, and, and they're, they're feeling low they feel like they need help what what would be your advice to them what what, what do you tell well, if they're, if they're alone and, and like nobody else talked to them, I mean, the, the best kind of help and support is your fam, family and, and friendship group, groups. They know you best and they will absolutely support you because they love you and, and they will give you the help advice. And sometimes it takes courage to do that because, you know, unfortunately, we see so many times where you get, you get so tied up uh, with thinking you're a failure and you don't want your family and your friendship group to see you as a failure. You, you think that, but they don't think that. They love you for who you are and they won't judge you. Um, if you talk to them about these things, they'll they'll give you the help and support. So that would be the first place I would go to. But if that's not a comforting place for you to go to because that's not there, then then phone the multiple helplines around. I see the Samaritans one is running across the bottom of the screen down here. Brilliant. The Samaritans are absolutely ace. Great people to talk to and listeners. Um, but I say if you're in construction, there's other things going on as well. Phone our helpline number. We're always there. It's 100% confidential. It does not get back to your employer. We're completely independent from any employer. Um, it stays with us and we'll give you as much help and support as we can possibly muster. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much, Bill. The key to always talking to someone, isn't it? And um, we've got one more comment before we let you go, because I know you're busy today. Hey, Gareth, thank you so much for writing in. Um, Gareth says, I suffer from depression and mental health issues. Sometimes if I'm working alone, uh, well, I'm not going to say go through my mind. So I, I think you just touched on that just now, Bill. If you're, if you're working on your own and um, you're having sort of 
terrible thoughts. What, what would be your, you, you said about your, um, your family, but what, what would be our first go-to place if we're feeling alone and you know, we're, we're, we've got some bad thoughts? Well, well, there's a couple of things. One is that, that person is making a very interesting comment because if your mind is wandering into these terrible places where it's giving you that, that those thoughts of anxiety, depression or, or wherever is going, you know, surely you're working with some pretty you know, scary kit as well. So if your mind's wandering, your know, safety could be at risk as well. And you could be actually putting you know, yourself at risk because you're not taking the right concentration and focus. So it's really important that you probably you're thinking those places to put the tool down or whatever you're working with. And you've got a phone, make a call to somebody, um, call the helpline, just somebody to talk to, because it takes you out that moment. That moment, I mean, there's nothing worse than being alone with all these thoughts that are going on. It's, it's a distraction to be able to somebody to give you some just comfort and advice. So just make a call or, or, or take some time out. Just go for a walk um, and take some time out, some fresh air. And and without the phone and look at nature. I mean, I know this sounds like tree hugging or whatever, but it's not. It's that you know, nature is so brilliant at giving you some comfort. Look at all the magnificent things around you. Um, and, and just just feel a bit more alive and then go back to the task and, and think about those nicer things rather than all the things that can on your mind. Bill, thanks so much for that. That's a brilliant answer. So if, uh, if you're watching that, buddy, you know, you answer that question, go and have a walk around and see what amazing where we live, but also talk to someone. That's the thing. Give someone a ring and um, talk to them. Bill, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thanks so much. I'm sure we've helped a lot of people there. So even if we've helped one person, that's, that's brilliant. And uh, hopefully we get everyone to download the app and um, give you a call if needed. Thanks ever so much, buddy. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Brilliant. What a fantastic guest. Um, so hard hit some of that stuff, isn't it, Nigel? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. Did you know about this app that you could? No, I didn't. I, to be fair, I didn't even know about these guys when I was going through my tough times. So, um, yeah, maybe, yeah. Things might have been different if you'd have known. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're good. Yeah, good course. fantastic. So we've got one more VT to show you. Um, and this is a hard hitting story as well. So stay just for a minute or so. Just watch Been this. in AA about five years. And the biggest message I kept hearing there is why weren't we taught this stuff as kids why weren't we taught this because if we were taught this it would make our lives a lot easier so there was lots of positive messages coming out of what I was hearing and so being a foreman on site my job was to make my men's life easier believe it or not you know that's the way my ethos was so when I started to see the how my life was improving with the tools that I was discovering within AA I started to share them with my men on site and it started to improve the quality of their lives because you know this stuff works because as a builder I discovered there's plenty of tools to make life easier on the outside but where do you get the tools to make life easier on the inside and that's what the tools what the book was all about was about you know, discovering these tools that can make life easier, dealing with stressful situations. And I thought there's got to be another way of getting this out there. So a, a fundamental life was born. So bit, putting the fun in being mental, because one thing I talked, discovered is if you talk about mental health to a builder, it's like, what am I, nah? You know, because there's a lot of stigma that goes with that kind of uh, thinking and, you know, and being seen as weak and vulnerable. So I thought, well, why can't we put the fun in being mental? You know, why can't we take the stigma out of it? And, and introduce it in a way that's acceptable without the psycho babble, the woo-faff and the kind of spirituality because, you know, and giving these guys and women, you know, within the industry practical tools that they can use on a daily basis to deal with late, late deliveries, late payments, the traffic, the M25, the weather, the wife, the kids, and that's what these tools do. They enable the people to deal with it in the moment. 
Oh, I love that guy. He's brilliant. Some of those words he came out with them were actually found Woof, I haven't heard of that one before. But um, that was, you know, hitting the nail on the head there. It's, um, we have got that stigma. And that's just what we've been talking about all afternoon. And I just that stigma, that, that weaknessing. Please talk to someone. It really does lighten the load. And I guess when you got there in the end, it really helped you, Nigel, help you. Oh, yeah, chat yeah, someone. 100%. Yeah. Got to do it, haven't we? What would you say is your final word to someone if they were um, if they were feeling down? What was your parting words now would be what, what they felt down? Just talk, talk to people, talk to loved ones, and be honest with yourself. And then yeah. just, yeah, go from there. Admitting it is a thing. Exactly, yeah. And then one step at a time. Yeah. Um, well, thanks so much for joining us. We got. We just. I just want to show you some places you can go to get some to get some more help um, if you, if you need some support. So, firstly, there's a fantastic service which is run by a, um, a place called Shout Crisis. Which th that tech that number there, you can just text it eight five two five eight. You can text them how you're feeling, and someone will text you straight back. I, I guess it's a bit like the Samaritans line where you have to call someone, but these guys will text you instead if that's the way you prefer to communicate. So 85258 or just Google shout crisis um, text line. You'll be able to text that. Also, um, as Bill mentioned there, the Samaritans, they're absolutely fantastic at uh, stuff like this. I mean, they're the, they're the ones that have been in the longest more than anybody. Don't they? they know exactly what they're doing with things like this. So um, if you, you know, I've had that guy sort of um, write into us and say that he's on his own sometimes and he, he needs some things going for his mind. The, the Samaritans are absolutely brilliant. So that phone number is free to phone. It's 116 one, two, three. If you ever need any help, there's always someone there on the end of the line that can talk to you. So the Samaritans, and if you forget that phone number, just Google it and it will be the, the, the first thing that comes up straight away. Um, also, we've got uh, Mind, which is a, is a great charity as well for showing you what to do in times of uh, mental health needs. And just, just the phone number is very long on there, so we, we didn't put that one up. But if you just Google Mind or the, the website is mind.org.uk. And we were just talking to Bill there, who is from the Lighthouse Charity. Absolutely brilliant charity what they do and if you're in construction all that stuff that he said is available is for free because we're construction workers it's a brilliant charity and if you're ever looking for a charity partner if you ever want to do anything for charity and you work in construction that would be a great cause to to give it to the phone number for them is uh, not Bill's birthday. It's uh, 0345-609-1956. But the, I reckon the thing that you should really do right now after this is go and download that app, the Construction Industry Helpline app, which is on the App Store. And he said it's got 3,000 different things in there. Um, thanks ever so much for staying with us. I know it was a, a heavy hitting episode today, but hopefully if we've just helped one person through that, it'll all been worth it. And uh, I hope you got something from it and I hope you feel all okay. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Cheerio.